Can you can you hear me? Sorry. Can you hear me? Mm-hmm. Are you there? Hello. Are you there? I can hear you. Are you going to sing? Oh, you can do telephone. We're Skype. Nice. It's not a Skype call, though. We are recording. Oh. I was talking to someone the other day after some conversations I've had with members of my family in the kitchen at work. It's uh, this uh, lovely... You that is the worst place you can have conversations with family, Nick. Oh, no, no, no. I mean, I was talking to someone I don't see very often. It's this lovely but very fierce lady that I, I, I know that I've, I get on quite well with at work. She scares me a little bit. That seems to uh, be good for my uh, uh, friendships with women, though. I tend to be drawn a bit to women who scare me for some reason. And I said to her, uh, you know, uh, basically, if I told you what my relationship with my parents was like in the first, like, 15 years of my life, suddenly everything about me would make perfect (laughs) sense. And, And that sounds really wise, and it's something that's been going around in my head a little bit recently. Um, so really, uh, I kind of deserved her response, right. which was quite rightly what she said was, well, that's like everyone. Nick. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I know, but I, uh, maybe it's possible. It's possible that I am more prone to personal myth building, uh, than, than a lot of people. But, uh, but yeah, I thought I was being so clever. Is that because you were born brought up by two actual mythical creatures? Yes. Mm-hmm. I was born... Under a wandering star. In a crossfire hurricane. Oh, how was that for you? All right um, for you, less pleasant for your mother, I imagine. Yeah, but, you know, whatever. What is the worst She's type... She's taken out on me, so it's fine. It'd be interesting to find out what the worst type of weather to give birth in. Extreme cold or extreme heat? What's worse for... Uh, birth giving i don't know are we talking about an extreme dry cold or an extreme dry heat or an extreme wet cold or an extreme wet heat we'd want you'd want the gamut wouldn't you the gamut of weather type so i'm just i'm just asking which is the worst i'm not suggesting one in particular for me for me probably be extreme heat um i'm unlikely to ever give birth though we we talk about this Mm. And we talk about how uh, how women might like that. There's that the, the women uh, kind of have higher pain threshold apparently, mm-hmm. which uh, prepares them better for uh, childbirth. And um, it's often discussed: well, what would it be like if men had to give birth? If men had to give birth, then all of these different things would be different. But if men had to give birth, it would be harder for men. It would be more painful for us, not because we've got a lower pain threshold, but because, like, there's that whole thing about a melon fitting through a, a, a space the size of a lemon mm. that has to happen with women. And that does say, sound painful, but can you imagine forcing a baby through a, a urethra? No, I through can't. Through your penis? No, I can't. It'd basically have to make its own hole on the way out. Yes, it would. Yes, it would. So that's my thought for the day. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Rabbi Lionel <laughs> Papenconstantin. Uh, I, I haven't eaten my banana today yet, James. I'm confused as fuck because you've, um, you've got your Bluth family crest. It's bright yellow. T-shirt on with bananas on it. You're holding a banana. I sense a theme. There's always uh, there's always money in the banana stand. There is always money in the banana stand. Um, the I just forgot to eat it earlier on, but I thought if uh, if we start running out of things to say, because that's something that sometimes happens when we podcast with each other. It's not. Yeah, every every other every other one, isn't it? Um, I'll I'll just start eating a banana. So a bit like the pot noodle episode. Yeah, only I didn't do that specifically with the intention of making you hard. Well, it just—it was a happy coincidence, wasn't it? <laughs> oh, I don't think any of this is. Uh, we've kind of skipped past. Maybe there won't be a cold open on this episode. No, probably not. Uh, welcome, welcome, listener, welcome, Ufft, welcome to two grown men. Ick lieber dick. <laughs>
This is episode 46, James. Yes. James literally just said that to me a second ago, but we didn't record it. Equite repite. There are things we say that we don't record. Occasionally, not much, very little. Uh, Apparently, the thing about the bananas, the banana was noteworthy enough that that that's going to make it into the podcast. Thank though. goodness. That's not going to that's not going to be left on the uh, cutting room floor. We we're, we're going to try listener. This is two grown men. Uh you probably knew that cuz you would have clicked on a link that said uh, two grown men anyway. Um we're going to try and get through this episode quite quickly because uh, I have to go home cuz my wife's going out. She was she said it was for some work thing, but then she was evasive when I asked her for details. But I'm sure nothing untoward is happening there. No affairs or anything. Probably no affairs mm. or anything. Or just probably just like a, a kisses and blowjobs one at, at worst. Hardly counts. It doesn't really, does it? Um, I was listening to, uh, I watched, a, I listened to and watched a female comedian, I think called Eliza Schlesenberger or something. She's an American lady. She's very, very uh, talented. And uh, the the stand-up uh, I saw was called War Paint, um, and it's on Netflix, which is why I've seen it go past. Mm. Um, and I thought, oh, I might as well watch it. I'm doing some dishes. Might as well watch it. And uh, and one of the things she says towards the end of it is uh, is actually about uh, how hand jobs aren't a proper thing. Okay. That like if you if you graduated junior high, then don't 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 do hand jobs, ladies. They're just blow jobs or, or or nothing just don't do them she's got a very good rationale for it i'm not going to go into detail because interestingly through recounting that to you mm. it occurred to me that when she says it it's a, a appropriate female stand-up comedian fair but when i say it mm. um it's it's misogynistic yes that's like uh that's how that works i think uh that's like I was watching another bit of stand-up. It's like if if um, if Mel Brooks comes in and starts making jokes about Jewish people. That's okay. But if you start doing it, you're anti-Semitic. That's true. Um, the I listened to. I saw another. I keep saying listen to because you do listen to stand-up comedians mostly. and you watch them. Uh, there was it's another, mostly uh, it's mostly something. It's not really a visual. That's true. Medium is it? There was another female comedian on this other Netflix thing called Comedians of Comedy, um, which uh, was – I can't remember what her name is and I think it's one of her trademark skits, her trademark bits. But she was saying how offensive it is when you're a female comedian uh, when uh, people say, say – I think it's kind of like they say to you, oh, you're, if you weren't a stand-up comedian, you'd be quite funny Ooh. or something like that. Mm. Like I bet you're the really funny – person in the office and she said that they say that uh, they say that about male you know male comedians they're mm. allowed to be funny men mm. are allowed to be funny um, and talking about how um, the idea is that if you're a stand-up comedian then if you worked in an office instead you'd be the funny guy but she she points out that if most stand-up comedian male stand-up comedians just worked in an office they they wouldn't really be the funny guy they'd be the creepy, weird guy. People would be standing around the water cooler saying, that he's, you know, I'm sure he's nice and everything, but he just talks about rape all the time. <laughs> oh, God, do you think that's what people say about? No, no one. I don't think enough people listen to our podcast. I don't think anyone at your work listens to our, no, our but podcast. I do stand by the water cooler talking about rape quite a lot. Well, yeah, but it's probably from a... a, a, a a modern feminist. Yeah, I'm saying I'm here to be a supporter. I'm, yeah. yeah. Um, we uh, we do have to get through this very quick. Also, there's no ventilation in here. It is very hot, listener. I can feel um, myself. I've started to perspire in it. I'm already feeling a little bit delirious. Mm. Um, and uh, we haven't even touched my list of things. I know you've got a couple of things you want to talk about. We're like nearly 10 minutes in. And I just realised that one pertinent thing that isn't on here, but is very important to what we normally talk about. I haven't been sleeping very well recently. Okay. In that I've been getting quite a lot of sleep, but I haven't been resting very well. And, and what I finally admitted to my wife uh, yesterday is that I'm not sleeping, I'm not feeling very rested in my sleep because there's this, do you ever have like ongoing narratives in your dreams? Yes, yeah, sometimes. So you dream about something one day and then the next day it's like a continuation or it's a similar situation. I had a recurring dream when I was younger that um, there was a severed black hand 
that um, had been discovered at the top of the school playground. And that was when I was about sort of seven, six, seven, eight. Had it over and over again for a long time, reoccurring nightmare. That's fear of the other. Is it? I don't know. I've, I, I, that's very specific. A severed black hand mm. is quite specific. Very. Um, Not, and it wasn't the hand of uh, a person who was back. It was like charred. Oh, I see. Also, maybe not. Then maybe racism. Maybe race doesn't come into. No, it. sorry. I, I probably need to clear that up. Um, the one that's been recurring in my dreams recently, and it's not in every dream, but it's in enough of them that it's quite exhausting. So I'm having my normal days, which are, you know, about averagely tiring. Last week was quite stressful because of house and work stuff. But stuff at home is generally all right. I think we're getting on okay. We both love our, our son. You and, and your wife, you mean, not, yeah, not you and me. Yeah, me and my wife. Uh, if, no, I love you. Oh. Um, but if, if, uh, if nothing else, uh, we'll stay together for the boy. So that's what's important. But uh, we are unified by our, by our love of him and his cute little ways. I think it works that way for all of us. I, the dream I keep having is it very much feels like a university setting. I don't know if I'm at university, but Amy is definitely at university in these dreams. And we have had uh, what feels to me like it was a serious relationship, but based on me at university, that means it could have only been for two months. Um, and, and all about hand jobs. Well, no. You see, my experience of uh, my experience of sex until until probably my late twenties, mm. if I'm very generous of myself, is that the relationships I have with the people I'm not that into, the sex is really really good, and the relationships I have with the girls I, I really really like, even if I'm with them for years, can can really not be very good. So uh, yeah, no, not hand jobs, uh, but anyway, I, I don't want to go into that. So that's a whole other episode, probably. Um, but in my dream, uh, recently Amy has split up with me. I'm sorry, and I still don't quite understand why, which is how I process breakups anyway. And she's still like making a real effort for us to be close and spend lots of time around each other and be friends. And I've never really. I've I've never really been able to pass that as the person who's been split up with. Pointless. And so, um, so there's. In- I, I, you can't go from um, having a sexual relationship with someone to a, a like just a nice platonic one. Well, I'm sure it's possible, but it is very difficult. Why I you certainly worry? I certainly never stop. Th- I ne- certainly never stop being able to remember having sex with them. So it's uh, so it's definitely difficult. And these dreams are very. I don't know if it's that they are very. They seem very clear, like they're, they're very lucid, or if it's just that the subject matter is something that really cuts to the core of like huge chunks of misery in my life. So it's very familiar to me. But I'm finding that like I'm in the moment, I'm feeling it all while I'm dreaming. It's not those sorts of dreams where you realize that it's not mm. a dream. And then I'm waking up having spent six hours or whatever as a, a heartbroken ex-boyfriend who's really stressed out about that um, and then waking up into quite busy days the rest of the time so I'm just knackered oh also Sarah Silverman seems to be in the social group somehow she's just I mean which is that's how you know it's a dream because if Sarah Silverman was in my social group I'd probably be trying to sleep with her quite a lot you'd probably be doing more podcasts with her as well wouldn't you yeah yeah I would have thought because Amy's not interested in podcasts but Sarah Silverman's a bit of a performer that's true. The the only sort of recurring dream I guess I have is is a recurring theme. A recurring theme in your dream that seems to come back time and time again. Where I I live with with always with Nicola, mm-hmm. um, latterly with Scarlett, in odd Bohemian houses that have strange rooms. Oh, that laid sounds out. kind of cool and not and not not um not decorated strangely. Just oh. the the layout of the house is odd and quirky. I I have uh, not so much anymore but I certainly have locations that I go back to mm. in dreams and they'll be like um houses of it'll be like a, a particular uncle's house or whatever that I'll always remember as being weird but it won't relate to their actual house it's just that in my dreams it's a recurring location sure. it's kind of weird what else what else have I got to talk about that isn't on my list because we should move on oh uh fresh meat I got up to date on that on Netflix. I've really been Netflixing it up. Mm. 
I like fresh meat. Did you ever watch it? I didn't. No. Maybe that's why my university. That's why the university experience come certainly. back. Because it's a weird show. It's like Green Wing, mm. only not quite like Green Wing, in that there aren't that many jokes in it. For a sitcom, it's not really that funny. Mm-hmm. They're not so much gags. It's just all of the characters share two things. One, they're almost all pathetic and reprehensible. Uh, but two, they're all kind of they're all at university and they they're all shuffling their way to a sense of identity they're not they've got to university and just worked out that they really have no idea who they are sure. at all and everything's turned on its head <laughs> and um and so for me that's and it's very well acted what's his name whitehall jack jack whitehall gets a lot of stick i think cuz he is mm-hmm. very posh but he's very – and he plays very much to type in that show. Everyone's find, very much I a find type. His, I find his com- comedy persona quite grating. Yeah, he's basically that guy in this show, but okay. it's very it's very well done. And he's not the only person in it. There's lots of – I just really liked it. Isn't there an episode where he ends up naked? Probably. Probably happens to most of them in it. Yeah. The way it depicts uh, teenage and young adult sex is really interesting as well because it's not remotely apologetic for it. Like uh, a couple of the female characters in particular are very um, – they express themselves a lot through random acts of, <laughs> random acts of sex with strangers and stuff, Brilliant. which is quite – I imagine would not be what a lot of people want to see in terms of representation – but certainly tallies with some of my experience of some of my female friends at university. It's like a very weird time and people behave in ways that they couldn't necessarily justify if called on to justify it. Not that anyone needs to justify anything like that. I started watching a series on Netflix. What did you start watching? Trailer Park Boys. What's that like? Um, It's okay. I'm a bit suspicious of it at the moment because obviously it has a representation of people from a sort of the lower class of Canadian society. Mm. And I often get a little bit suspicious when people start um, portraying them in comedies. And the danger, of course, being that the situation they find themselves in um, becomes the source of the... No, not the situation they find themselves in. Their status is, is part of the comedy in the... Yeah, yeah. Um, but but it's, it's, it's OK so far. It's sort of quite, quite charming. It's sort of a mock documentary style from, from about... 12 years ago now, I think. I'd not really heard of it. It's a Canadian series, so... I haven't heard of that at all. No, we but get, it's, it's OK. It's got a lot of charm. I'm pretty sure we've talked about this before, but we get a very odd mix of stuff on Netflix, don't oh, we? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, it's, uh, it's, not, it's not ideal. I just, uh, listener, if I sounded a little bit vague there for a second, it's I was going to try and give James a clock because it occurs to me that he can never see what time it is. No, you're going to do some life admin. I've got this one. It's fine. All right, OK. Um, I'm going to trust you. You guide me. You take me by the hand, Nick. Uh, another thing I haven't got on my list, but I do want to mention while I remember, is a uh, friend of the show and podcaster of two of your favourite podcasts, actually, mm. uh, Kiha. Just the one, really. All right, you don't like the other one so much? No, not so much. Is that because your <laughs> own experience of it was quite embarrassing? You ru- ruined it for me. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah. Most terrifying performance um experienced my entire life uh kiha who does the uh who is one half of dissecting world and one half of magnum cast magnum cast um he sent us a link i think it was it was one of the economist podcasts i don't know if you've had a chance to listen to it no but you reminded me of it when you said about trailer park boys and representation it's an episode of and i'll put it in the show notes it's about it's a very dry like i think it's about 20 minutes it's quite a short episode but it's very dry uh, podcast but it's i think it's an audio version of an article that was okay. posted maybe but it's all about how uh, the idea is the the narrative the social narrative is that teenagers are getting worse just generally worse and society's going to the dogs and teenagers are getting worse and worse as time goes on but it looks at lots of and statistics can be used to make any point you want obviously but it kind of looks at a lot of trends across Europe and uh, and in the US and here because we're in Europe whether we like it or not and kind of examines how true or not that might be in terms of morality it looks at it starts out looking at Berlin 
and how a lot of people who live in Berlin complain about how it's just not as hedonistic and people aren't as insane mm -hmm. as they used to be. Yeah. <laughs> Which uh, the, the uh, social responsibility and and, um, and taking responsibility for yourself seems to be a thing that is more prevalent in mm -hmm. teenagers and, and younger people than necessarily the narrative fits with. It's a very unanswered podcast sort of topic. and Good it's podcast. Also, thank you. And it's also a very – a new episode of that dropped this week, by the way. Um, and it's a very two-grown men sort of a topic, I think, as well. Mm. I found it quite reassuring, actually. I mean, the economy's in the toilet and everything. My perception is the the, the world is more conservative. I don't think – you always heard that teenagers get worse and worse as in, you know, they get more and more out of control. The world definitely seems a lot a lot less hedonistic than it was back in the early 90s. Sure. And people aren't, and it isn't, and the streets aren't as terrifying as they seem to be. It's just streets get more terrifying as you get older. The streets are a hell of a lot. They feel safer to me than they did. I mean, I grew up in a, in a garrison town um, uh, and in the 80s and 90s, I mean, you could not move in that town on a Friday night for pitched battles rolling out over the streets. I mean, I, I think I've recounted the tale yeah. here before where I was get, getting a lift, I was working in a, a city centre hotel, getting a lift home, and the main route out from the hotel, we couldn't drive down because there were basically squaddies and um, uh, civilians fighting each other outside one of the local pubs. There was so many of them. Um, I haven't really, although I go into town less frequently, certainly in the town I grew up in, Winchester, that it got quieter and safer as Tom and admittedly the, the the garrison changed its its nature a great deal, but even Southampton. Southampton had a lot more menace to it when I was younger than it feels it doesn't now. We've talked about it a little bit though, the problems in Southampton and mostly about where they've about which about zoning issues with sure. how yeah. uh, the city centre seems to have been zoned for mm. anything that requires the the handing over of money for services mm. which means lots of pubs all in a very yeah. small space um the town not the town i grew up in but the last town i lived in before i came to southampton i'm not sure if i've talked about it here before but um it had a lot of pubs it, it was like vying i don't think it was actually vying for the record but it was close to the record of amount of pubs per square mile um in europe at the time I think, and it's it was mainly that all of the pubs were in town. It was a yeah. very small place, and all mm -hmm. of the pubs were like on the high the high street, which was the one main street. Yeah. It was every other every other shop front was a pub, and each pub had its own. The street itself was relatively safe. Each pub had had its own sort of thing. So the Black Bull was kind of a rocker pub. Lots sure. of leathers in there. There'd be the hipper places. The the rowdier towny places there's the the wine bar that all of the sixth formers used to go to and it was quite you know middle class i guess it's Very, called the wine bar it's the yeah. one place called the wine bar but there was only one nightclub and we lived we had the cafe next to the train station the cafe and fish and chip shop next to the train station and the nightclub was right next to that awesome so all of the pubs of all of these different people they were all, all of these different sorts of people were kept separate in the different pubs but they all ended up in the same nightclub so there were always, whatever day of the week it opened, and it was like a Wednesday, mm. Thursday, Friday club, I think, whatever day of the week it opened, the tiny four or five person police force in that town got bolstered by a couple of van loads from, nice. from nearby bigger towns because there were the, always fights. I think the provincial experience is kind of universal because yeah, that is we is. had one nightclub too and, yeah, it would go off in there regularly. It's funny. Uh, in that it's really horrible that was actually because when i first moved to southampton i moved to i lived in an area called st mary's which has a reputation that isn't that isn't restrained to hampshire it's got like when when you talk to sometimes i'd be talking to people up north and they'd sit here i was in southampton and they'd say oh you live in you know where are you You're in st mary's i think it because it's known for uh, prostitutes and, and well, stuff it, like it's going to be the uh, subject of a new documentary from the people who bought us Benefit Street, isn't it? Immigration Brilliant. Street. Um, it, it's Derby Road, which was yeah. the notorious road for prostitution many years ago. Yeah. Um, there's a, there's another there's a town planning issue with that place as well, but it's uh, 
the whole the thing I noticed when I lived there is the whole thing's been uh, turned into a bit of a rat run by weird pedestrianisation, which is put in place to stop people just driving up these like yeah. residential streets really fast to get from one place to another. But the thing I noticed when I was a student there was it, it also has the effect of making it very difficult for police to pursue someone if they mm-hmm. go in there. So, um, so it was kind of a uh, yeah, it, it's. It's designed for curb crawling because you can only drive slowly down those roads. So it's sort of – I'm not surprised that things turned out the way they did down there. But anyway. Stop me and buy one. <laughs> Strictly no hand jobs. Yeah, so it was – yeah, hand jobs. We've all grown out of hand jobs, surely. Yeah. Uh, I mean, call, what, a callback to earlier on in the episode. What, what do you think her take on actually paying for hand jobs are? I mean, I'm sure she thinks that's absolutely abhorrent. I, I think I think that's different. I think she'd agree. She's a stand-up comedian. She'd agree that anything uh, – Anything that you have to do. Stand-up com- comedians are basically prostitutes. So she's not knocking the handjob economy then? No. Good. I don't, I don't think so. That'd be pretty un-American. I, I feel like, we're, I feel like we're, we're drifting off. I feel like I'm drifting off. I was off, I was off work all last week, Nick. You're back today, and though, I just, you? I feel so empty. How many hours of meeting were you in today? Uh, none, luckily. Although, uh, bless her, Jane, who we, we podcast with on a Thursday, was off last week. Um, as well, and she was stuck in a meeting that literally lasted all day long. Uh, it was uh, I, I kept offering her sympathetic shrugs of the shoulders, but but isn't she a meeting powerhouse? She is a meeting powerhouse. I'm sure she owned the meeting, but my life after a lovely week off because we went we took Scarlett to um, a um, a kiddie sort of dairy farm thing, and Jane came with us on on Wednesday and after after a lovely idyllic week and it, it was, she had her birthday the day after that more significantly oh god I just feel so empty now being back at work it's horrible mm, I can imagine um, I have been at work the whole time oh actually I took Thursday off it was it was booked off as a childcare day well it was annual leave but it was booked off for childcare but um, I didn't need to use it as childcare and I spent most of it asleep I've been taking lots of really long naps mm. when given the option in the mornings. And I don't know that they necessarily make you feel better, but I think that it's my body trying to tell me something. And it isn't that I'm not getting enough sleep in the evenings because I'm getting more sleep in the oh, evenings. Oh, I like to nap. I don't, I don't really help, though. And I, uh, No, no, I didn't used to. I just, I'm finding as I'm getting older, I nap more. I, I mentioned that an episode of Unanswered went out this week, mm. uh, went out in the last couple of days. So that's one podcasty thing. Uh, mm. I do. Um, at the weekend, and this is, I felt a bit guilty. I ended up taking uh, naps on both Saturday and Sunday. Uh, but I felt a bit guilty about my Saturday nap because on Saturday, um, a friend of mine called Stacy Taylor. I have to be careful because there are two podcasting Stacys that I met at almost exactly the same time. And they're both regional. <laughs> Very different regions. But I, uh, not having an accent of my own, I tend to think of people with accents as all being this one cool group that they're they're not all the same. I'm gonna, cut, I'll probably cut all of this. Oh, that's <laughs> a shame because that was that was some gold there. But anyway, uh, uh, Stacy does a podcast called Stacy's Pop Culture Parlor, and uh, podcasting buddy Steve, life partner Steve. Uh, he's been on an episode. I was on an early episode. But what she did uh, this past weekend was, I think it was from noon to noon, or it might be from earlier in the morning. Noon to, to noon. Yeah. Uh, she did a 24-hour podcast with her friend Jenny. Um, and it was for charity. It was for Operation Smile, which uh, I was reading up about today. I've been going on about how great it is that she did it for charity without really looking up on it. But it is a pretty cool charity. Well, not cool, it's kind of sad and horrible what they do but it's also quite cool um they uh, fund surgery to repair cleft lips palates and other oh. deformities in in children yeah. across the world so they make a difference they make yeah, a huge sure. difference to people um the model for uh, stacy's podcast normally is that she talks to a different person each episode um she to begin with she mainly talks to people she knew like me and steve uh, more recently, she's talked to Kelly Sue DeConnick. She's been uh, getting quite brave about handing out her card at conventions, so mm-hmm. she's ended up getting these quite cool coups. Um, 
even though that's Coup spelt C-O-U-P. I don't know how you pronounce that. Coup. Coup, yeah. Coup. Um, As in coup d'etat. Yeah. But um, it's a it's a really fun conversational podcast. She, for the 24-hour one, she was talking to people for like 40, 45 minute stretches, leaving, leaving her and Jenny space for toilet and food mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Um, and I took the midnight slot, so I was roughly... Uh, they were on the home stretch sure. by the time they talked to me. Uh, just before me, they talked to Andy Ewington, yep. uh, who we love, um, who's a comic writer that First we like. First person we ever spoke to on the podcast that yeah. wasn't one of us. Yeah. And uh, and following me, they talked to Lee Gallagher. So <laughs> there's, there's a little bit of mob history there as well, yeah, which we totally. quite like. Um, and I, I actually stayed up a bit later to listen to Lee, um, to Lee's bit as well. Uh, I tried not to listen to too much of it beforehand. It was all being broadcast live on Mixler. Um, I tried not to listen to it, uh, listen to too much because I didn't want to be worrying about repeating stuff. Uh. In the end, I felt like I dominated the. You know, I I don't feel like I. I think I I was a little bit nervous because I don't like Skype recordings anyway. No. I was a little bit nervous about not being entertaining enough. Clearly, not something that bothers me about our podcasts. No. But um, but I, I was a little bit worried about that. And also I was thinking they're going to be knackered. They're not going to be wanting to drive the conversation. So I, I think I pretty much took over for the hour, which was a bit mean. Because sure, I'm not, appreciate I can't it. really carry a show for that long. Um, but, yeah, so I listened to Lee afterwards and that was very funny. Lee did mention to me on uh, – did ask me on Facebook how I managed to avoid talking about my uh, uh, main subjects. And I was like, which which main subject? Masturbation. Yes, yes, that's what he was talking about. Um, what I haven't mentioned is, I think the last person they talked to was Adam Hughes, the comic creator. Okay. Who, which was amazing. I think she met him at a comic convention right. and, and wasn't expecting anything to come of that. But he was apparently lovely. Fantastic. Very generous on the mm. on the donations as well. Lovely. They they beat their um, they beat their goal for what what they were hoping to raise uh, but it's the just giving page is still open so if people want to want to donate for the um for that cause for operation smile definitely go there i'll put the i'll put the link on the uh show notes page for this and uh, also you can go and listen to the whole thing the whole 24 hour thing Blimey. I'm as I said, I'm roughly in the middle. I'm like uh, I was at the midnight slot. I'm not sure where that comes on the recording, but um, she will be repackaging those and and putting them out as as uh, mini podcast episodes later. So you might want to wait, you know, so you don't have to listen to the others. You can just listen to me if you want to. Says so that I mentioned show notes. Mm. Um, where are the show notes for this? The show notes are on the website. That's right. Then there they are. I'm joining in. <laughs> good, good. Glad, glad you are doing that. I can't carry a show. I think I've just established that. I'm letting you. I'm bereft. Seriously, after my holiday, I feel so hollow, Nick. I'm sorry, hollow mm. man. Kevin Bacon. Kevin Bacon. The uh, yeah, you can go and listen to all of our past episodes. Wow, it's getting hot in here. So take off all your clo- don't don't take off all your clothes. You can. Uh, I'll I'll eat my banana in a minute. I don't. Just you wait. Um, you can go and listen to all of our previous episodes uh, at twogrownmen.net. That's the number two, grownmen.net. You can also uh, – that's the website for this. You can also uh, listen – you can also use the address 2gm.co. Remind me about that in a second though, James. There's some I, business to be done about that. I did that just a moment ago. What? I used that. 2gm.co. Just a moment ago. Cool. Okay. We'll talk about that in just a second. There's Looking some admin to, to be done. Good. Um also, I've got a pen. Do I need a pen? No, no, you don't need a pen. It's fine. It's for for us and the listeners to deal with. Oh, okay. Um, you can You're also action, listener. <laughs> you can also subscribe and listen on your podcatcher of choice. There's iTunes, Pocket Casts, Stitcher. We still like. Yeah, very much so. And all of the episodes are going up on SoundCloud as well. Sad clown. Sad clown. So you can find all of our previous episodes and comment in all of these different places. You can also find us on Facebook. Um, and on well, you can't find us. You can find James and I individually on Twitter. Two grown men doesn't have an account. 
Still not sure we need one. I don't think so. Uh, but you can find me at Nick Sight, N-I-X-S-I-G-H-T. And me at James M-O-M-B. For sure. Um, I'm also contributing to the writing site I set up called Elephant Words at the moment. But I'd recommend going and reading all of the other writers there. I'm not very happy with the work I'm doing there this time round. But that's besides the point. Um, 2GM.co. I don't know if you've noticed, but we're on like... I can't remember what number episode. 40-something. Um, the domain is soon to expire oh, wow. on, on twogrownmen.net and 2gm.co. Mm. What I, I'm very fond of 2gm.co. Me too. Uh, but see, .co's were quite new when we bought it, so yeah. I think it was reduced. Mm-hmm. They've gone up a little bit in price. What we need from the listener... Um, and it would be really helpful if the listener did this. I know that I know that sometimes we ask for an input and it's a bit fluffy and everything and mm. there's maybe no need and et cetera, et cetera. Uh, so it can be a bit uh, easy to ignore. But we could really do with knowing what domain, because I'm having a lot of trouble finding out what domain it is you use. If you go to the website, what address you use. If you shared the web address, which one would you use? Because we might have to drop one of the domain names especially if you go and listen to the show on the web on the web yeah we could really we could really do with that i don't imagine any of our core of listeners will i i don't think losing one of those two addresses will be um a huge burden to any of our core of listeners because you find us in other ways and you probably subscribe to us and stuff like that but obviously if you've got preference we don't want to just leave you in the lurch because no. we want you to share us with other people. And if Come you have got a preference and you let us know, I mean, it's probably likely you're going to be in the majority. <laughs> that's, that's also true. Uh, at, the, uh, at the same time, that, that again brings up the, the potential question of um, sponsorship and Patreon and stuff. I will be looking into that at some point in the near future. One thing I have to mention, though, because it literally just happened before I came and met James, uh, we can now take voice messages. Yes, I saw that on the web. No, uh, it's uh, on. You can do it on Mom Comics, and you can now do it on this as well. Ninety seconds long, so not a lot of pressure for you to say loads. But if there's anything you want to say to us, or to our listener, or any questions you want to ask, or any points you want to make about anything we've said, obviously you can still comment in all of the different places and all of the different ways that we've said you can communicate with us in. Um, notably, one that I haven't mentioned is the email address, which is... Uh, two grown men... No, 2gmpodcast at gmail.com. That's the one, 2gm. Thank you, James. We have um, a colleague who's much slicker on a different show at doing that. Yeah, but you can also, uh, you can also leave us a voicemail. And at the moment, uh, those voicemails are limited to 90-second bursts and we can only get 20 a month. But who knows? That At the moment, if every single listener left us one voicemail a month, that, that would be – we'd still have enough <laughs> free, on the free service. Plenty. Yeah. Um, but all of these are things that are going on. Yeah. I'm just going to write these – scrub these off the – So you are. Weird Beard. I don't have a beard anymore, Nick, so uh, you can't call me that. Very, very quickly, something I noticed when I was at the toilet earlier on. I use the handicapped toilet near my office because um, it's, there's more room to spread out. You can do a little dance if you I don't believe to. you. I think you sit in there trying to uh, – you send texts to your female colleagues trying to entice them in there to have uh, workplace sex with you. That isn't a thing that happens. I wouldn't – it does have a shower in it. So nice. in theory, it's quite a sexy room. She but could wash off afterwards. For a, for wash a long, the shame off. For a long time, I just took it as I just took it at face value that there was a shower in there, mm. and then I started questioning why there was a shower in there, and suddenly the whole handicapped toilet romance d- dwindled a little bit. Really? I think it. I think it's for washing accidents away. Lovely at this. T- oh, yeah. Lovely at this time of year, though. Yeah, that's true. Uh, but the thing about handicapped toilets, and my mm. fellow connoisseurs will know this. Um, uh, oh, another thing. I don't know if d- – d- tell me if you do this when you go to the toilet, James. I don't think I've asked this on any of the episodes. But whenever I, whenever I go to the toilet anywhere, if I'm having a wee specifically, I think, mm. and I think I do this everywhere, the second the door starts to close, for some reason I bare my belly. I pull my T-shirt up, ostensibly to get mm. at my belt. yeah. 
but but I think part of me just likes giving my tummy a little naked rub. No, like a Buddha. That does remind me of a Seinfeld episode. Does that? Yeah, George uh, enjoys taking his shirt off while he's using the toilet. Sometimes you need to. Sometimes you get all hot though, especially if you're um, exerting yourself. I don't exert myself. I've had um, I've had hemorrhoids in the past. I refuse to exert. Okay, fair enough. I uh, we went to. Uh, I, mean, I had a particularly particularly. It was around my birthday a couple of years ago. We had Scarlet. We decided to go to a place called Exbury. I had particularly bad hemorrhoids at the time, and they've a really charming little model railway um, at the uh, this this place. Uh, with the most uncomfortable rickety seats. Why would you even sit on one? You can imagine fifteen minutes of agony. That does not sound like no. Sort it was of fun. not good. Oh, that's something that came up after the. If we ever do but any my sort hemorrhoids, of, you know, if we ever do a really long podcast, um, uh, one thing that's come up out of the uh, SPCP Live, mm. Stacey's Pop Culture Podcast. By the time I was talking to them, um, it became apparent that kitchen. That your standard kitchen chair, yeah. kitchen table chair, not really cut out to be sat on for more than twelve hours. No, that's madness. Yeah, uh, a bit more, a bit less comfortable than you'd hope. That Fine is, for a meal, not good for twelve hours. That's insanity. Why would they have done that? You want soft furniture? No idea. I don't know. I don't know why they. I've even more admiration for them now than I had before. I just don't think they'd considered. No, uh, didn't really think it through. <laughs> I'm just chuckling to myself. I think it was uh, one of the other guests, the guests after Lee Gallagher, and I'm not sure who they were because it was very late when I was listening to it, uh, had a very fun conversation that outlined the differences. It was a very two grown men, well, actually a very two grown men and very unanswered friendly conversation because it was about nudity in uh, in changing rooms. Okay. Oh, wow. No, that's one of my... Um subjects at the moment i'm very cross was it steve no no it very it very much highlighted uh the difference between uh british people and a lot of other people on the whole subject of nudity okay it's very i i am um, i covered a little bit there because i couldn't remember the nationality of the lady they were talking to but it was very funny i enjoyed it a lot okay but yeah so uh full length there are normally really big mirrors in a, if you're a connoisseur of handicapped toilets, you'll know there are really big mm-hmm. mirrors in them. There are always big mirrors, I guess, because vanity is a disability. Yeah. I, I don't know. It's a deadly sin. Um, so, so sometimes that can be a bit nerve-wracking. Like in a hotel where it's really brightly lit, that can be really nerve-wracking. I think you and I both had um, some of our worst moments in hotel rooms with... Poorly placed full-length mirrors. But some of our best moments in hotel rooms with each other. Yeah, that's true. Um, but the thing I noticed today that I had never noticed before, because I don't, my grooming isn't, I think people maybe think the beard is a deliberate choice, but really it's just that I don't like shaving very much. Fair enough. My, I've got, tra- they're starting to creep up my towards my eyes. There well, are really beard. weird little, yeah, but they're really stray ones. It's not even oh, right, like a yeah. complete coverage thing. It's, is that normal? Yeah, I get, I get high cheek, high cheek hair. So people literally get to the point where they're shaving their eye sockets. Pretty much. I don't know if I don't know if I'm up for that. I don't I'm, think I'm I hope, signed that contract. I'm hoping it'll grow all the way up, and eventually I'll end up with a decent fringe again. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so weird beard. I'm just going to get rid of that. Um, one more subject. It's kind of two subjects. Uh, did you have anything you wanted to talk about? We well, should talk about our kids. It's a bit late now. No, no, no. Been We've off got... a week with my daughter. It was fucking lovely. Did anything? Did she do anything new though? Uh, did she do anything new? I tell you what, I have noticed something. Is she went away um, to stay with her um, grandma and granddad um, on Friday night and Saturday night, which is lovely. I had a really nice time with Nikki, and we cleared the front of our. House, you had a very garden. nice time doing housework. Yeah, and we worked really well together. Okay. Yard work, not housework. Okay. I'm going to eat my banana while you tell me this. Okay. Well, if I get really distracted because I got hard on this. So what was really nice, I spoke last week about some of the issues I've been having and I'm being treated for. I actually felt like I worked with Nicola better than I have for as long as I can remember. I actually, I, I got over myself, didn't get wound up unnecessarily and so forth, which felt like a bit of a triumph and genuinely enjoyed um, her company as well, which is nice, without the, without Scarlet, which is the first time I think we've had time together 
where we've not been preoccupied about the fact that Scarlett's not there. Felt like a nice break, but that Just may for, be. In case the listener hasn't listened to previous episodes, Nicola does listen to the podcast. I do not. Know, I do not understand what the significance of that <laughs> statement is. Nothing. No reason. In in relation to, <laughs> if I had stuff to say about her, I'd say it. She worked. She worked very hard on Saturday. Genuinely, I was impressed. Okay. No good. Okay. Because yeah, like in the past, she'd been a lazy, feckless bastard. <laughs> Were you trying to provoke me into insulting my wife? That's what's known as a shit sandwich. No, I'm not trying to provoke you. I'm just providing context. Why you might be sucking up to it? It's weird when uh, when Scarlett came back. I've noticed her suddenly. You really resented her. Yeah, mm. her um, her mode of speech has become a lot more sophisticated just recently. She's putting together really cons. Um, she's putting together quite complicated sentences and, and, and ideas within those sentences. It's sort of. I think I've spoken. I, I have spoken briefly about this on the podcast before. The um, fucking hell, seriously, <laughs> man. I'm going to have to go into that disabled toilet, turn on the cold water and have a little bit of a shower, I think, uh, for, the, for the listener, I, I had I totally forgot what I was g- going to do and ate half the banana before I started yeah. sexualising it. Yeah, so he's, he's basically bitten it in half and then he started fucking hellfire. He's he's actually, he's, he's going down on his banana. I've never seen anything like it. That's not entirely true. I've been to Amsterdam on more than one occasion. But, so anyway... Yeah, so that was that was nice. I noticed that about Scarlett. Just I loved having a week off with her. To be honest, it was a fucking it was murder this morning when she was telling me not to go to work, Daddy. Stay at home, Daddy. Don't go to work. Oh, cheers, thanks. Doesn't sound very sad. Well, no, she was she was trying to be just being matter of fact. She's yeah. being brave for Daddy. Yeah, because she wanted you to stop crying. Do you know, I didn't feel like it. I still felt really relaxed until I got to work. And I'd just been in an absolute fucking fug for the entire day. It's been horrible. Noah's... Apparently I don't like my job. <laughs> no shit, really? Yeah. Um, I I find it weird that people do like their jobs. And the World Cup... Oh, fuck me, I'm making noises. The fucking... I've gone back to work. The fucking World Cup's over as well. What the bloody hell is there to live for anymore, That uh, That World Cup final seemed... It, for all that we were out quite mm. early... So you'd think that it wasn't really for us, yeah. the World Cup anymore. Yeah. It seems like that World Cup was... It was like when the Daleks yeah. uh, and the Cybermen yeah. ended up in an episode of Doctor Who having a war with each other. Oh, totally. It was kind of like that. It's like, well, I don't know. People seemed to... Because because we're pissed off with Argentina more recently, people seemed to want Germany to win, which is weird. Isn't it? That, that and Germany were playing the most beautiful football um, of the, with the best team at the tournament. Well, I mean, I can't comment on that. I wasn't. I'd say this World Cup was the Empire Strikes Back of World Cups. It was sublime, although it had a ending. Which was the Star Wars of? Sorry, I've got a mouthful of banana. <laughs> you have got a mouthful of banana. I'm I'm quite happy to sit here and let you edit out dead air. It's fine. Which was, which was the Star Wars of, of World Cups? The Star Wars, uh, A New Hope. Uh, that would have been 66. Okay, was that when we beat the Germans? Yeah. Okay, uh, 94 cool. was Return of the Jedi. Okay. 2002 was The Phantom Menace. Uh, okay, stop now. Uh, so Attack of the Clones, 2010. So Noah's been lovely. Uh, still still really trying to force him down the line of enjoying music. Uh, he does. I mean, he does enjoy music, but I think all babies do. But I've decided that's kind of his thing. So um, we've bought his birthday present because uh, he's nearly one, which is crazy. I am not going to spoil the surprise of what his birthday present is, but it's musical. He doesn't listen, so you're all right. I know, but it feels like the listener shouldn't know before he does. Uh, is that weird? Yes. Okay. But um, the one thing we have noticed, Amy's noticed, uh, I've been doing that typical dad thing of where I'm not there. I've been kind of... That is a typical dad yeah. thing. I've been Absenteeism. Sort of, no, no, I've been... Um, uh, she's been saying, he's just been really whingy. And I've been saying, well, you have to be patient with him, though. He's just a baby. Because mm. that's his fucking... And I'm like, I haven't noticed him being whingy. He always mm. seems really happy when I see him. Yeah, that's really good advice to give as well. Yeah. Just be patient. So. Well, Thanks for that. But she's she can be quite grumpy. Anyway, no, that's not fair, but... You can get away with it because she doesn't listen. She started, uh, Amy started talking about giving him snacks between meals. Okay. 
and he doesn't really have snacks between meals. Mm-hmm. And his his eating, his sleeping's pretty good. His eating, we've always been really mm. I- I- impressed with. He's always been very good at it, kind of a little bit advanced uh, compared to lots of children in terms of what he's eating and what he's willing to eat and how well he feeds himself and stuff like that. Um, and she started talking about giving him snacks because he was starting to get grumpy in the lead up to meals. Mm-hmm. And one of the reasons she said was that whenever she's out with other other people with babies, they're always, you know, they always get snacks at certain mm. times. And and I was, and it felt like that was one of the driving reasons, uh, re- reasons behind it. And I was like, well, yeah, but in a lot of those cases, those children don't eat their meals. They're not, their eating isn't necessarily as good as his. So can we first, and what I proposed was, what I thought was, he still eating the same amount at his meals as he was when we started mm-hmm. feeding him meals. That was like six months ago or okay. four or five months ago or something. He was smaller and he was less active. Mm. But he started out having one Weetabix mm. and he started out having one sandwich, which is like one mm-hmm. uh, one slice of bread with ham in it mm-hmm. um, cut into four. And and having roughly two roughly two pots of food uh, frozen food mm. put together for his dinner and and you know he gets yogurt and stuff to bolster lunch and dinner but we've pretty much been giving him the same amount mm. all along and he it sounds to, like he needs snacks <laughs> and it, well this is the thing it, it used to take him a, it used to take him sort of 20 minutes to eat his one Weetabix and 20 minutes to eat his sandwich and you'd, you'd have to like remind him that that's what he was doing because he'd mm. get distra- a little bit distracted he'd never get bored of it completely and mm. And um, and now he gets through them really quickly. So, what I've kind of what I was kind of thinking was, well, before we do snacks, not there's anything wrong with snacks, and people aren't evil for giving their children snacks at all. Thank you for that. But where he's actually been pretty good with his meals already, and where he's not as small as he was when we decided how much he should be eating at meal times. Why don't we start feeding him more at meal times first before we start before we start working out what we need to give him at snack times? Because he's dropped a, he's dropped a milk feed, a formula feed. He'll probably drop another one before long. Snack time is a fantastic place for fruit. I think. Do you give? Do you did you give Scarlet fruit after meals as well though? Um, it's usually been a snack thing because, um, and I'm glad we did it now because she is always hungry. There isn't a minute of the day when she isn't hungry. And snacks, the first thing that are offered is fruit. Mm-hmm. She will have crisps from time to time. And she's really receptive to that. Mm. But um, it was actually, Scarlett, by this point um, that you're at at the moment, Scarlett was at uh, nursery four times a day. Yeah, four, four times, times a day. times a week, I beg your pardon. Okay. And the routine there was breakfast, snack, lunch, snack, dinner. Mm-hmm. So they they'd kind of got her used to snacking, whether we liked it or not. But that was always fruit, so it's actually sort of set her in good stead. Excuse me, because as they get older, obviously they're gonna they burn a hell of a lot of cal- calories as toddlers. As toddlers, so, <clears throat> they burn an awful lot of calories. Caroli- as t- they burn so many calories as toddlers. I hate you so much. <laughs> So they need to they need to sort of um, they need to bolster their intake. So it's, it's a good place to like really introduce fruit as a, as a sort of a healthy sort of snack option. I I think we're going to uh, uh, I might have time to I might have time to explain why I think I think we're going to end up giving him starting mm. with a, like scheduled snacks. Yeah, uh, it's good but, to schedule them. I think as well, make it part of the routine rather than it being when mm. they start to demand it. Yeah. My concern is I have seen children pretty much um, get given snacks, not as bribes, but as kind of the kids, the kid entirely, it's entirely kid-led when they demand that snacks, that they want snacks. But not with bad parents, but with parents who just, you know, it keeps the child quiet at mm. a point in your life with the child when sometimes you want that. And um, I like to remain entirely inconsistent. Well, and it, and it's and it's about for me. It's more thinking about at the moment he doesn't have any behaviour for that. There's no behaviour for these extra little meals, 
and I want to at least try. I want to at least try and and have a slight course correction on the thing on the routine he's already got that works really well for him. Because um, and Amy was slightly concerned that he you know he might get bloated if he had too much at meal times. But my feeling at the moment is well that might be the case if we feed him way too much at meal times. Mm. But at the moment he's eating less proportionately than he mm-hmm. was six months ago because he's so much bigger mm. now than he was. Um, but but the other thing is that he already gets yogurt and – okay, I asked the question on Reddit. Mm. Okay, and I didn't ask people if it was okay to talk about specific responses. So the first person who responded said um, uh, said they thought I was overthinking it. I've, I very much said I'm curious about this. They don't it's, know you then, do they? It's not a matter of stress. But it, I'm not stressed about it, but I'm curious about it because I yeah. think these things are interesting. Um, and they said I was overthinking it. And I thought, hmm, OK, isn't that kind of – I? as I responded, we're doing something. We're on an internet forum mm-hmm. about something mm-hmm. that happened mm-hmm. for millions of years mm. before there were internet forums with nothing going drastically yeah, wrong. Yeah. Is it possible that nearly everything we talk about on Reddit is 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 kind of us overthinking yeah. stuff? Attachment parenting, uh, breastfeeding – uh, or formula feeding, weaning, all of these things, mm. we think too much about. That's just the nature sure. of it. But anyway, so I was, I probably overreacted to that. I don't know. Um, what what has generally come out is people saying, as long as you, as long as you have, if you have snacks scheduled, if you make it part of a schedule, like an extra little meal in between, and mm. you try and keep it quite healthy and not too much, then. It, it won't become something that the child thinks they have coming to them or like that they have control over it or just become part mm-hmm. of their routine. But I started to get the impression as as well from this that a few of the people we uh, a few of the people who were responding that I talked to were saying that yogurt might natural yogurt might be a snack or or a piece of fruit and all of this stuff. That's Noah gets that with every he gets that with lunch and with dinner. He already gets every meal he has is kind of bolstered mm-hmm. by fruit and yogurt already. The only one that isn't is breakfast. So um, as much as I'm aware that they they burn through lots of calories, children burn through lots of calories, I definitely think the first thing we need to do is is start is start making his actual meals a little bit more sustaining because – they they probably aren't. It, it, I mean, it's it's the equivalent of us eat, like we haven't replaced the formula feed. I I would <clears throat> I think that the problem is it's in I, I guess as as far as the the as far as I'm aware the science of it goes is is how long I don't think a really big meal necessarily sustains you in terms of your energy no. as effectively as a smaller meal than a top up later yeah, on. Yeah, if you are actively burning. Um, your calories, which which babies are really doing. Take, for example, at the moment, the Tour de France is on. You'll see the guys constantly throughout the day have to, yeah, have, to, um, have to replace calories they've expended. And I think it's the same for kids. And actually, I hate to say it, but I, I probably kind of agree with Amy is it's out, just you have your view. And I, no, I, no, it's fine. <clears throat> I mean, this is where I'm coming to, where I'm coming to after reading, after sure. talking to people on but Reddit, yeah, I, which I actually think she's helped right. you, you sound like you're more likely to leave them a little bit bloated and sort of with too big a meal. You're probably better off having snacks to allow them to sort of just replace that energy during the day. Are you, it, are you scared of me, James? But it was uh, constantly. It was, um, <laughs> I, I think I'm scared of my attitudes towards food issues. Food issues terrify yeah. me because I clearly have some issues with food myself. So um, I feel very uncomfortable talking with any authority on mm. the subject at all. I, I mean, and that's, and I'm certainly coming to that a little bit. I've tried to under underplay it when I've been talking to other people about it, but I know that. Snacking is not is not something I have a healthy relationship with mm-hmm. because I definitely boredom eat. Yeah. I definitely feel that not having a routine is really bad for me. Yeah, so and it's, I think, and that's the problem. It's the same as me. For for a child, snacking is you're genuinely all you're doing is re, refueling. Yeah. For you and I, 
it's to make us forget. <laughs> there isn't there is an element of being slightly concerned about the power like the power struggle of if if there's a way of making him a little bit because when I say cranky he doesn't act out at all he's just you can tell he's just getting yeah. a little bit more whiny and stuff and it's only in the half hour before the mm. half hour an hour before he's due food anyway you know mm-hmm. so it's not like he needs loads to top him up um, but my the thing that really really struck me was that point I made that yeah maybe snacks are inevitable maybe we're going to end up doing it but we definitely need to look at how how big his meals are because. Oh, yeah. Because they were adequate when mm-hmm. we started giving them to him, and yeah. he's bigger and more active now, yeah. so it just makes sense. Um, anyway, so thank you, Reddit. Uh, you were actually helpful after the initially quite uh, judgy person. You don't know. Maybe overthinking it is my mental health illness. I don't know. Uh, we do need to go. I, I, uh, I, as I said, we're kind of up against it, uh, and I like to walk. Uh, I like to walk most of the way home with James, which is why I would have liked to have left 10 minutes earlier. But I'm, as it is, I've lost my last 10 minutes of talking to him off mic, which is quite depressing. It's all right. We usually start talking about the failures of socialism by the time we get there. So Absolutely. We can we can miss that for one week. Well, mm. for one, one half of one week. Good, because it makes me feel so depressed. Um, James, did you have any last nuggets to tell our listener? Um, yes, um, I'd like to summarise Tolstoy's War and Peace. Okay, so no, that that can be next week, or, or you know, you know, a whole different podcast. Um, listener, you're awesome. Please do get in touch with us if you if you enjoy the show or have questions, or you want us to talk about stuff, or you think we're idiots, or you think I'm an idiot, or you think that uh, James is right to be scared of me, and I need to do something about that. Uh, please do, if you are the sort of person who would enjoy doing such a thing, please do try and send us a little voicemail, even if it's just to test the technology out. It'd be fun. You can do it on your phone. I tested it. I'm not scared of you. (laughs) Was that to me or the listener? I don't know. Uh, I think we need to go. Yeah. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.